Hi, welcome to Musings with Monse, a podcast where I have meaningful conversations with all kinds of artists. Musicians, poets, photographers, and other creatives share their honest stories, touching on the duality of being creative, the pure joy of making art, but also the particular struggles that come with it. And honey, there's no way that I'll ever know oh, everything about you, but oh, how I love what I do. And honey, I love what I don't know, too. Liza Ann is a songwriter and musician based in Nashville, Tennessee. Her latest album is titled Fine But Dying. And I love how raw and honest every song on that album is. In this episode, we really unpack mental health. She explains the duality of being introverted, but also wanting to be around people. I really loved how she says getting older is an eternal homecoming. And how she describes what small talk can feel like, as if everybody is playing a part. Liza shares how she gets through life's challenging times, whether that's just a moment, a day, or much longer. We talk about the importance of finding a good therapist, and you'll hear her talk about what the women in her life has meant to her. I so appreciated how genuine and open she was in this conversation, and I really think you will too. Enjoy! It's what I don't know to, yeah. Hello? Hi, Liza! Hey, what's up? Hey, it's Monse! So nice to... Nice meet you <laughs> i know nice to meet you too also you have such a beautiful name oh thank you so much it's You're uh welcome. it's funny it's a very um like odd name here in the states but if you go to barcelona like everybody has my name so it's like really? sarah here yeah <laughs> okay that is incredible you move to the right place then it makes you stick out <laughs> totally totally even though sometimes like oh actually not sometimes like so many times I go to a coffee shop or something and people are like make fun of my name and I'm like you know what if you were in Barcelona you wouldn't be acting like this <laughs> you know? but yeah no I mean it's nice to hear people like you who appreciate it so thank you <laughs> oh my gosh it's so beautiful honestly people get my name wrong all the time too they always call me Lisa and I'm just like literally it's oh not that hard it's really not <laughs> it's you, so easy it go... just like hands itself to you totally. and people like... still mess it up right <laughs> i know truly truly do, truly do you go by you don't go by liza ann though right you say liza no yeah i just go by liza my friends call me a million different names too but yeah. liza just the normal <laughs> awesome awesome <laughs> yeah so professionally you know you're a musician and you're based, yeah. and based in nashville i understand right yeah, I live. Yeah, I live in Nashville right now. I've been here for like seven years. Also, the fact that you just said professionally you're a musician really sounded like news to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're right. Oh, that's, that's so funny. Wild. <laughs> well, that's actually when you know you're doing it right, to be honest, if that's the reaction. I love it. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe. Or maybe I just need to be way more aware of my life choices or something. No way. No, I love it. But I was going to ask you is that, you know, you know, that's what's on paper, right? Like when I Google you, that's what will come up. But um, since, you know, I don't know you, you know, personally that well yet, if you could tell me a little bit about who you are as a person, like what makes you, you? Oh my goodness. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I feel like, I mean, there's so many lenses to view this through, you know, like I could straight up be like, here's my Enneagram or here's my sign or like try and like my new myself to some like catchphrase or something, but I feel 
Like I kind of exist between the extremes of being really introverted, but also really loving people. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that I feel like is, would explain me as a person. Like I live alone. So I really like being by myself, but I also like being with my friends and I write a lot of poetry and I love reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, am I answering that question? Oh, 100%. Well? <laughs> I mean, that's so relatable too. And it's like, yeah. that's exactly what I wanted to get to the core of is like, you know, what, what, you know, what, yeah. Like how you, as what you just described yourself as like, that's probably what, exactly what I would say about myself. Yeah. It's true. It's like who you are and, and what yeah. makes you unique. Yeah. I feel like I just kind of, I'm definitely an extremist. Like I'm either like wildly obsessed with being alone and like not being talked to or I'm just like extremely social so I just kind of like pendulum between those two extremes which I I assume like the older I get maybe I'll start to balance out or something but right well, now, maybe you'll just fall more into you know I don't know I think it can kind of go in phases too because like growing up I was pretty social too but I now I'm way more of the like 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 wanting to be alone and not not that oh, I want you know what I mean like so I think as I've gotten older I've actually had crave more of that alone time. Well, I think that's what I used to always say because, so I moved to Nashville seven years ago when I like, like I moved here for college and I like three years in started to say that I think I used up my entire adult years of socializing within the first year of living in Nashville. Like I truly did. Like I could not meet a stranger. Like I would talk and tell my life story and want to know everyone's life story. Like anyone I met, I was just immediately to the soul core of who they were. Like at the party, I was like center of attention, blah, blah, blah. And then like I hit 20 and I was like, Oh my God. Like, I never want to talk to anyone again. Like, what is it? So I feel like now I'm like, yeah, I used it all up from like 18 and 19 and now I'm 24 and I'm just like, maybe I just never want to go to another party again. But also I would hate if I wasn't invited. So invite me. I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. Yes. It's so funny. I'm like, I'm I'm not going to come to your party, but please invite me or I'm going to feel shitty about myself for like seven years. (laughs) Totally. I don't. Well, that's one thing I will say. As a wise 36-year-old. You know, oh, my gosh. Teach me everything. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about it. I will say that you start to care a little bit less about not being invited to the parties. You know? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm still okay. I still would care a little bit. I like, feel like that whole FOMO thing, you know? But there is something about, like, as you get older, you sort of, I don't know, you almost become a little more quiet and realizing that um, you don't need to be in every circle and every party. Like, you just kind of want your, like, your your people, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's one thing I've learned, (laughs) which is, I honestly like that whole experience, like that part of getting older, I feel like is just this like eternal homecoming. Like you're just getting like closer and closer and closer to yourself and the people around you and the things that actually matter. And everything starts to just mean so much more because there's like less, like, let me grasp at everything all the time and try and be everywhere all at once and everything to everyone. And then at some point you just center into like, who are the people in front of me who remind me that I should still be alive? And like, yes. that feels good, you know, like, 100%. Yeah. I don't know, just that, a nice definitely. little balancing game until then. Like, no, but. for sure. Um, I, and I wanted to ask you, you sort of just mentioned this, but on your album, fine, but dying, um, you have a song called small talk. And I'm curious <laughs> about your feelings about small talk because I hate it. And I've like hate it more now. I, I don't know why, but like, I just, I feel like I can't do it. You know, like I can't do it naturally. Well, it, feels, <laughs> it kind of feels like when you're watching a movie and you are so aware that the people are acting, right. it's like, that's what, that's what small talk feels like. It's like, you're watching this film and you cannot detach from 
the reality that like these people are not real. Like, and when you're like having small talk, it just feels like everyone's trying to play this part of like keeping everything like moving where it's like, it's okay. If you didn't want to say anything, just like, don't walk up. Right. <laughs> like, so you don't have to say like, if you don't care how I'm doing, please don't ask. Cause like, truthfully, like the, th- I mean, I care about the entirety of humanity, but it's like, I really want to know how my friends are. I don't want to like waste a bunch of right. pointless Energy. conversations yeah. where, I don't know, it just feels like slowly dying. Totally. <laughs> I totally but. feel that way. And that's what I always felt like a little bit like bad about it. Like I yeah. had this experience, like when I'm in a Lyft or an Uber, you know, and like when the person just really wants to just talk about all these things that don't quote unquote really matter to me at all, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's a balance, you know, like there's a balance of like, we all like being alive, like being alive at the same time as anyone is like kind of a miracle in yeah. itself. So like part of me is like, I never want to have this elitist, like, Oh, yes. I don't want to small talk. But the thing is, I want to just talk about things that matter. Exactly. Like if you're going exactly. to like something real with me, I don't care if I've known you for five minutes or for 10 years, if it's real, like I'll be present to it. But I'm just like, literally, if you ask me where I got my shoes or exactly. like some dumb, like, how's the weather? I'm just like, honestly, can we just be real with each exactly. other? Exactly. Like, that's just it. That's what I, that's yeah. exactly what, what it is for me too. And it's like, I'd rather hear about your divorce and like what you're going through yeah. than, than just like, you know, Oh, like, I don't, I don't know. Just like you mentioned the shoes or the weather, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm so. just like, yeah, let's get to the real stuff because all of us are alive and that is sometimes yes. super painful. And other times it is super exciting. And I want to hear about all the extremes of it. Not like that's a right. diluted self. That's right. No, totally. but I love that. We're definitely going to be good friends. If you hate that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, your whole album. I'm like, Oh, this is like, I could have written this, you know? <laughs> so so it's, I, mean, I, I couldn't have written it, but you know what I mean? It's like, you obviously have a special talent, but I mean, I, uh, related to oh, it. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, Thank it's really you. True. So, um, about your album, fine, but dying, it's really an honest expression of what it's like to move through the world, having a busy mind and going through panic attacks. And in fact, you have a song called panic attack. Um, yeah. and you know, you really like wrote a whole album about anxiety. Um, and it's an ongoing struggle that I've dealt with myself and, um, I've, for a long time now, been very open about it, um, and have not been sh- shy about it, you know, because I've I've always found that in talking about it out loud, you know, it makes other people feel safe to be like, oh, me too, and there are totally. a lot of people that say that, me too, you know, and um, but I remember I sort of had this point in my life. It was like, um, one of my first jobs out of grad school, and. I was at a music company and I had two incredible, incredibly powerful um, women managers who were just like, and just awesome in so many ways. And they were both, they both talked to me openly about their own stress and anxiety and all these sort of things. And I remember that made it very safe for me, you know, to feel like, oh, it's okay. I like, they were like models to me of, you know, you can be incredibly powerful, kind, smart, all of the, all of these things, but also have anxiety. And, um, and that, I think, I think if I can remember correctly, that was sort of like the turning point for me where I took the shield off and just was like, you know what, this is who I am. Um, and so, as I mentioned, you know, your album is really fully expressing everything you've gone through in that. And, um, I wanted to know if you've always had that comfort level in speaking about it, or if it came to you more recently. I think, well, it's so interesting because I think I've always been, um, not an overshare by any means, but I've always really felt the need to like be able to explain myself in a scenario to kind of sort of like calm my own mind. Like the idea of like, when, once I say it out loud, it holds a lot less like internal 
power over me. So I've always like shared those things, but I grew up in a pretty religious environment. So when I was younger, like the act of sharing it was more like, well, I realize God has it. So my anxiety now doesn't exist. Cause I'm saying that where like, it was kind of like this escapist version of dealing with it. Like I was trying to kind of like weed my way through what it felt like to be anxious while also acting like it wasn't real because it didn't feel like a good emotion. Whereas when I was in like, I think honestly, just in the last like four years of like being, you know, easing my way into adulthood was kind of the time where I started to realize like the validity of those feelings rather than just discounting them and being like, I'm anxious, but whatever, I'll be fine. It became the thing of like, no, I'm anxious. And like, here's what it feels like. And as impossible as it feels to explain that feeling, like I am turning my art into a sacred space where like every emotion I feel isn't only valid, but it is actually fact because I'm feeling it and it's affecting my environment. So it's real. Like it just became like this act of like legitimizing my experience and legitimizing my emotions. And from there, like giving myself kind of a door into feeling seen. And then like, honestly too, releasing a record about that and like touring and like, you know, singing these songs over rooms of people that I've never had conversations with, like the sacredness of that shared experience, like makes me, makes every single panic attack I've ever had feel like the most worth it thing, which is, you know, when you're having a panic attack, you're like, what the hell is this? Like, I hate this. I hate feeling this. And like every night when we would sing like panic attack or paranoia or any of these songs, it was just like, Oh, that's why I lived through that. Like, so that I could experience this moment with these people and this like shared ground of experience that's painful, but it's like not the end of the world, you know? And how powerful to be able to, you know, put your art out there and your truth out there and, and have it received. So people can themselves yeah. feel less alone and, and feel like, Oh, she like, this amazing artist gets it, you know, and that's, that has to be incredibly powerful to, to have that kind of impact. Yeah, I think so. Because it's like, I, you know, I just didn't know how much I even needed this record when I started writing it. Like, I think I was writing it out of the necessity of getting myself out of my head and even just writing it would have been enough. But like, there is something about performing that and like proclaiming like over my body and experience that like, I am, I can take up whatever space I need to take up and every emotion, every emotion I feel is real. Like singing that over myself and over a room of people, like every night, basically for the last year, seriously has made me such a healthier person. Like I, I don't know. That's so great. It's your, yeah. it's your outlet, right? It's like, this is how yes. it can come out. And, and how can I, if you don't mind sharing, can you tell me maybe one or two moments that stand out to you as like a fan moment where someone has come up to you and, and sort of told you what that has meant to them? Oh, okay. So I have one like very specific one. Great. Honestly, anytime anyone shares anything, it feels just mind blowing to me, but there was one specific one. And this is actually crazy now that I am retelling it. I haven't told this before, but the last show of like the fine, but dying tour, we were in Dublin, Ireland and this woman, oh my gosh, one, it was crazy being in Ireland, but at the <laughs> end of the show. So we ended the show we played all of fine, but dying. And we ended with this song called devotion, which is going to be on my next record, which like, I kind of didn't want to do, but I was like, you know what? I want to end on the note that we'll start on next year. Like this will be really powerful. So we end with that song and it's a song about like, you know, fine, but dying is all about a relationship failing and anxiety and all this stuff. And then devotion is just like a return to self. And so we finished that song and this woman came up to me and said, in the middle of your set, I walked out and I broke up with my girlfriend who had been like, 
you know, emotionally kind of taking advantage of me and whatever, whatever. And I broke up with her in the middle of your set and walked back in and you played devotion. And I literally realized that it was the smartest decision I had ever made. And it was just this thing of like how intimately involved you end up being in people's personal lives because you decided to like make space for your own personal experience will never make sense to me. Like, I'm just like, how was I like, anyway, and we like cried together and I like hugged her. It's like, this is amazing because when I wrote Fine But Dying, like I didn't realize I was giving myself a door out of a bad relationship, but I, you know, I ended up doing that. And so getting to like, see that happen for other people is crazy. That's incredible. And you know, it's what's, when you say that, it makes me think about how, you know, I think that all of us, you know, when we hear like this woman, right. When she heard your, your music and she heard those lyrics and whatever it was that touched her, it's like she had that inside of her, but maybe she didn't have the right words or knew exactly how to name it. So then you gave that to her, you know, as like a no, gift. And that um, is like one of the most incredible things that art does. I think it like at its best, it just illuminates something that's already innately yeah. within. It's like you're finding like a million doors into yourself. Like Exactly. Oh, oh yeah. It really, oh really gosh. is. I know it just, every time I hear a piece of music or a poem or anything that, that makes me feel that way. And like suddenly gives me that whole like light bulb moment or whatever it is. Like, that's exactly what I think about. Like, Oh, it's like, I had this thing inside me that I didn't even know I had, you know, Yeah. <laughs> when you, when you see I know. it. And else. like to be reminded like of your own power and of your own ability to like heal yourself. Like that is the most you can give any person is like enabling them to like realize their own strength, you know? Cause I think so many forms of like human existence will just try and make you reliant on things outside of you. And I feel like art is something that goes like, Nope, it's inside of you. Yep. Like look inside, yep. look inside. Like it's right there, you know? For sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's a really incredible of course. story. Um, so I want to ask you whose creativity either in music or the literary space or any art form um, moves you. Oh my gosh. I don't, that is like a very, I feel like I could spend my life like trying to grasp at answering this question. And I think, you know, so much of that changes a lot, but I think that this feels like a vague way to answer this. Like, cause I could answer with like some of my favorite poets or anything, but like something really specific that has just moved me creatively is like being involved in a community of people that's constantly creating. It's like, I am just so close to some of the greatest people who are probably ever going to create and just like luckily get to be alive at the same time as them and live down the street. And so I feel like being really close to like people who are writing in that way, like that is the thing that inspires me the most. Oh, that's so great. You know, like, yeah, but also definitely. obviously like there's a million and one writers that I could talk about right now. Like Rupi Carr is an oh, unbelievable poet. Her. Yes. Yeah. So I just think there's like so many small, like small doors into creativity that I find through the people I'm closest to. And then we'll find like maybe more famous versions of those people that everybody yeah. knows about already. But I kind of feel like I have this secret door into like the next generation of it in my friends. So. Well, you've, you've also already um, toured with, you know, a lot of really wonderful artists. I know one of them is Joseph because I love those oh, girls. They're gosh, so great. I love them so much. Literally so, so, yeah, so much. They're just the sweetest. I worked with them once um, at my last job and they're just, besides being insanely talented, just really, really sweet, good people. Yeah, they're honestly, yeah, they're 
angelic. Like, obviously, from a creative standpoint, watching them perform, it's like the whole room is literally transported in this, like, into this, like, heightened consciousness. But they are just, as people, like, some of the most, like, in-your-face, intimate, loving people. Like, not, and I mean in-your-face in the most, like, they hold you, they hold your face in their hands and say, you should be alive, stay here, you know? Like, and they don't like physically do that. I mean, a few times they probably have but it's like <laughs> emotionally, they just make me feel like so seen and valid. And what I've, what's been so cool about being close with them is I feel that on a personal level, but then watching them do that mm-hmm. to a room full of people, I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Like yes. what they're doing is so sacred. Yeah. Well, I think you as well. And I think, you know, that's what you just said, feeling seen and like validated. Like, I think that's the best kind of friendships and it's like surround yourself with those kinds of people as much as you possibly can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like that Joseph song that says like, put your eyes around something, breathe or put your arms around something breathing. It's like that whole thing of like, remind yourself, like you are alive. You should stay here. Like it's, that's just, I want only people close to me who make me feel that way. (laughs) You know, that's yes. A hundred percent. It's, and it makes it, it makes the biggest difference in your happiness when you only put people like that in your life, you know? And yeah. let's like only go towards the green lights, you know, not the, the red ones. <laughs> Just like All of the good feeling, you yeah, know, it's like, yeah. there's so many, I think that I like, I'm a pretty melodramatic person sometimes <laughs> and I can really like get off on my own sadness, but it's like the moments that I feel the most alive are the moments where it's like, I am listening to my friend tell a joke and my stomach is hurting because of how bad I'm laughing. Like, yeah, it feels sometimes good to cry to a Joni Mitchell record and there's oh, my space. Favorite. Also <laughs> me yeah. too. But just like, also space to like mindlessly watch sex in the city and remind yourself yep. that you can feel good. Like yep, yep. I, it's, I feel like I need to just growing up has been like a slow calm down, which feels good. <laughs> Absolutely. So true. Well, so besides Joseph, um, uh, who has been like a band or an artist that you've been able to share the stage with that just felt really, really exciting, good, or just like felt like a pinch me moment? Oh my gosh. I think, well, there's been a lot of those, but definitely, um, this last month that I was November, I was on tour with Ray LaMontagne and I think so between like him and then I was on tour with Margaret Glassby a few times over the last year. And I think like the closest I've ever felt to like a living legend has been in those two moments. Like, because when I was on tour with Ray, I was just by myself. So it was a very like low key, I mean, low key tour, but it's like, we played radio city on that tour. I never even imagined playing radio city, much less by myself, like just me and my guitar, which was insane. Like that was, I think this moment of oh, how did I end up here? It was like huge imposter syndrome, but at the same time, like felt really at home, which was crazy. And then just touring with other women, like Margaret blows my mind. I feel like I'm next to like Barbara Streisand or something. Like she is just unreal. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That must, those must've been incredible tours. I wish I had. Seen oh yeah. Them. <laughs> That's super cool. Um, so, okay. Here's another question for you. Besides music, what's something that you can get lost in? Ooh, um, wow. I have like a deep answer, which is like, I write a lot of poetry and take a lot of film photos. And those are places where like, when I see other people make art like that, it, that is like where I naturally am drawn to, but then also something I can get super lost in. And I know I just mentioned sex in the city, but truly your girl could watch sex in the city for seven hours. I mean, and be fine. <laughs> it's just so good. Like, it is, it it is never gets old. 
it never gets old and I've watched it through like five times all the yeah, way through I probably like, have to <laughs> god it is so good but yeah That's and I so think good. because because so much of like my job and like my life is full of just this like deep diving through my well of emotion and writing it down it's like there are moments where those like either reading like like fiction or watching sex in the city or like going to the movie. I live like a walk away from this independent movie theater. And so I think just like those moments of like really giving myself an escape from those like deep wells of emotion and just letting myself exist for a little bit. Like that's kind of what I prefer. (laughs) I love what you were saying earlier about, you know, just sort of existing in extremes. And I think that's, you know, what having anxiety and and being a a feelings type of person is, you know, like you do, you feel all the highs really high and the lows really low, you know? So, um, and that's just sort of how it is, you know, (laughs) you move through the world that way. And, um, but uh, I was going to say, um, back to sort of back to the whole um, topic of going through the hard things and anxiety and those tough things. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I'm asking everybody is when you're having a hard day, a month or a year, what are some of the tools in your toolkit that you pull on to help you get through it? Um, I think so. I, I have a couple of different answers, because if it is just like you know, a day, a week, a year, it's like, I have different tools for however long it feels like it's lasting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. if I'm having a hard day, especially if it's anxiety related, like if it's truly one of those days where I feel like someone's holding my head underwater and like those feelings, I kind of find just moments throughout the day where I just close my eyes and like slowly count the sounds from like the farthest one away in easing myself closer and closer and closer in till like, I'm really only hearing my breath and like feeling my body work. And that's kind of like my quick fix. Like if I feel, if I'm just having a bad or an off couple of days or something, like I really just focus into my breathing. To um, bring yourself back to your body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like, I, I don't in any way would, I would never want to quote myself, but in like the song <laughs> panic attack, like one of the, honestly, like, the last two lines of that song were lines from like a mantra. I would just like speak over myself whenever I was having those days, which is just like, think slowly, try to remember I'm alive. My body's here and I am inside. Like that was the thing that I just spoke over myself anytime that I was feeling anxious. But whenever those feelings last like into weeks or months or like full years, I think it's like trying to infiltrate a like series of like consistent acts of love towards myself mm-hmm. rather than like these big, like I'm going to go to yoga 10 times a day for like two weeks and try to feel better. It's like trying to be more intuitive and consistent with like giving myself space and like inviting people in rather than isolating myself. Cause like I, when I'm having a bad day, just isolate to my core, which is like, like, and I, people just won't hear from me for two weeks and then I'll be mad at them for not reaching out and mad at them for reaching out. And it's like, trying to just create a more like consistent environment of like loving people, letting people love me and like learning to love myself through that. But I don't know. I mean, I'm still figuring it out. No one so, should take my advice. I don't know. No, that was all fantastic <laughs> advice. Are you kidding me? Like that actually, I, I love that. Especially the first thing you mentioned, not especially, but um, I was going to say the first thing you mentioned, I didn't, I haven't heard anyone say that before. And that's a really good kind of concrete thing to try, you know? And yeah, it helps truly. I mean, you know, when you're having a panic attack, nothing helps until you're done, but it's like, it is just like a, 
just reminding yourself like the physical space that you take up, because I think so much anxiety comes from the emotional and mental space, which is like invisible. Like nobody can see that and speak to it unless you can really articulate it well, which who does a good job of that? Like when you're anxious, you can't tell people where it's coming from. And so I think it's like focusing on the physical experience you're having and which that's a whole nother thing. If that hurts too, it's like, you know, there's, that's a whole nother bridge to cross if like physically you're feeling a certain way, but it's, if you just remember like you're alive, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. And there's also, I think it's very distinct feeling because I've felt both is like the anxious feeling, which is different from and unique from feeling just kind of melancholic or sad, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I don't know, it's kind of, it's different remedies for both, you know? And, and sometimes you can't really, like you said, like you can't really fix it, but you just have to move through it you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's a big thing is like, I am kind of a very like control freak sort of person. And so when I think anxiety was so like disheartening at first, because I just felt like, why can't I control this? Like, why can't I explain it or rationalize it or be like, this is where it's coming from. And it was like, just deciding to be like, you know what, every once in a while, I'm just going to have to close my eyes and breathe. And I'm on a train that I can't control. And like, but it's fine. Like, I literally have never died from a panic attack and don't think you do die from panic attacks. So I think I'll be okay. (laughs) As long as I just like, remember, like I've made it through, like we'll be okay. Yeah. Something about that sort of like self pep talk, I think really helps to be like, I've Mm -hmm. gone through this before and I'm going to get through it again. You know, totally. Or it's like, this is like a terrible, this is a really terrible example, but it's like, you know, those moments when you're really drunk and you go to the bathroom and you look yourself in the mirror and you physically tell yourself, like, you're going to be fine. Like you just need to puke and you're going to be okay. And it's like, for some reason, those moments, like when you're drunk and you're looking yourself in the mirror and it's like this centering, like you realize where you're at, but you're like, you know what? I'll be fine tomorrow morning. Like, it's like having those little moments with yourself where you're like, you know what? I see you. I see where you're at. And it's not very pretty right now, but we'll be there tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And even also like the sad, like having that sadness too. And it's not like you're anxious, but you're just feeling like down. And I don't know. I, I mean, I think most people, it's funny. My, my best friend, I remember when we were like a year ago or something, um, texting her randomly saying, do you ever have days where you just feel sad for no reason? And I felt like almost a little embarrassed saying it, even though she's like my best friend. And she wrote, uh, duh, <laughs> you know, like, of course. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and, um, I just realized that like, we all have those days, you know, we're, like, yeah. it, it's not like you have to have a concrete reason to be sad. Like this thing happened and now I'm sad. It's like, you know, we just have no, moments. I think sadness just is like innately a part of our existence because we are like walking around on this floating ball in space. Like there are going to be moments where we're like, what, yeah. <laughs> like, how, like, what is this supposed to feel like? And it's not supposed to feel like anything. It's just yeah. like there. And I think that, I don't know, that might sound depressing. It doesn't no, depress me. No, no. It's like, sometimes it feels weird. And I think that we're lying if we act like it doesn't feel weird sometimes and we just have to remind people that we're all on the same boat that's right that's right we all go through it and yeah like I remember one time coming going to my therapist and saying like I think I'm depressed or something like that I was saying I was having like feeling depressed for the last week or something something like that and after talking about it for a while she's like I don't think you're depressed I think you're just sad (laughs) and that's okay you know it's okay to be sad yeah it's true it's like there is you know so interesting that's like such a good way you know, there is, I just think all of us are sad, you know, I mean, all of us are experiencing emotion and sadness is one one of of the million. Yeah. Just the happiest too, you know, and 
yeah and all of the other things between those two things you know those emotions yeah you know, so <laughs> that's a really amazing therapist though to oh, be like I'm best. not gonna go to the extreme yeah yeah that's yeah. incredible yeah she's really good at bringing me back down to like I always go up there you know like oh this is like what's happening and she brings it right back down and it's that's why I'm in therapy <laughs> so number oh yeah i will all okay. right off the record she's gonna kill me i'm gonna be sending all these people to her now oh my god <laughs> no she's she's really it. the best i it's uh, that's the thing too i will say a special shout out to her but i think it is really important to find a therapist that you you click with yeah. you know and no also that's another thing when you're asking like what to do i think a lot of times i just assume people all think about therapy to that question so i don't think i would ever like oh i'll answer therapy but mm-hmm. truly like I have had a therapist consistently for the last six years and I had one in high school for a little bit, but more in my adult life for the last like six years. And I have, it has been maybe the only like really practical thing that has been like a consistent, like reality check of just like, all right, how can I be better to myself? Like, why do I bring these things to the table relationally? Like, it's just such a good practice to have somebody non-biased involved in your emotional well-being, you know? A hundred percent. And I think there's also something to be said for that, you know, um, even though your friends like, you know, are there for you and when you want to talk about all the, th- the, the little details of your mind, um, they're there if you need them. Right. But it's, it's something about going to a therapist where you just, just no guilt and feeling like, oh, I just want to like unload all this stuff. And that's what they're there for. They're there to hold that with you, you know? Oh yeah, totally. And so I think it's, it's, yeah, I can't, say enough good things about it as long as you find the right one because if you find a therapist that doesn't get you or you don't get them it's like that's the there's nothing worse than that you know so so it's definitely important to find it's kind of like dating you know you got to just try like try a couple until you find the right one oh really and that's always the bummer because normally it's like to when you first like start to go find a therapist or something it's like you are not in the state to want to have to go through multiple relationships but it's like you have to put in that like tiny like couple weeks of work like go on a few like blind dates with a few therapists and then you'll be fine but it's worth it it's so worth it who or what has been one of your greatest teachers um okay my greatest teachers honestly my aunt my aunt and my younger sister I feel like my like familial setting just has a bunch of incredible women in it my mother as well like I've just I feel like I've been raised by an incredible dad too, but like my mom and my aunt and my sister have just like consistently been this like very clear, sometimes harsh, but always loving mirror into whatever experience I'm having. Mm. And I've always just like, as far as like a creativity standpoint, my aunt is an abstract um, painter and her view of life, like getting to see that through that tangible form since I was a kid, I think taught me in my own lane of doing like word art like how to just consistently like put a timestamp of emotion, like on my experience. And so I think like watching her just consistently create through all the things that she's been through reminded me to do the same thing. So but all the women, honestly, any, all the women in my life are just incredible. Oh, that that makes me happy. I love that. I love that answer. Um, Okay, so I'm going to ask you, oh, actually, before I do, I just thought of this, so I don't want to forget. Have you heard of the artist Dessa? 
No. Oh, you got to check her out. Okay. So okay, cool. she's a friend of mine. For some reason, I just feel like you would really like her. Um, oh, and yeah. she wrote a book um, called My Own Devices. Uh, and she, I think it's true stories from on the road and about senseless love and science. And she's Whoa. just super cool and talks a lot about you know, dealing with melancholy and anxiety and all the control stuff, all, all the things that you and I are talking about. So I was like, I, I feel like you would love her. I literally can't wait. When does the book come out? Oh, it's already out. It came out. It's <gasps> a, yeah. It's a memoir on essays and it came out, um, like in September. Okay. I yes. literally can't I'll wait. text it to you. I'll text Please you all the info. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay. Yay. So I just wanted I to tell you that. <laughs> okay. Well, you are the dream. Oh, Thank you. are so welcome. I can't. Yeah. Let me know what you think. I think you're going to love it. I will. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to now just ask you some of your favorite things. Cause I just always think it's fun to hear what other people, what like lights them up, you know? Yeah. Um, so how about your favorite album? Favorite album. Ooh, blue from Joni Mitchell. Okay, is that's it. That's my favorite. Here's the thing. Blue is like the one that like, I'm literally looking at my record player right now and it is on the record player. Yeah. And so, Blue and then the reminder from Feist is a close second. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah, Blue is is my all time favorite album. So I mean, I mean, I know it's like a lot of us women is our favorite albums, but yes, but oh, you know, and you know, it's the just... first time like I've been listening to that record for years and years. Yeah. like thought I understood it, and then I went through like a terrible breakup this last year, and I listened to it then, and I was like, I've never understood Joni Mitchell right. until now. Right. I was like, this is crazy it is like never gets old too incredible yeah I sang so I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston and Mm -hmm. um I was the vocalist and I sang a case of you like no every we had like proficiencies you know like every semester to they would test us on our singing and um that's like the song I would always include in my in my uh test (laughs) god you just bring yourself once a year with that song (laughs) yes yes. that is incredible Uh, exactly yeah it's just such a beautiful song oh my gosh it um, is so okay so along those lines what's a favorite song of yours the okay um oh my gosh feel it all by five oh, it's been so my good. favorite song since i was 14 i literally have listened to it also wide awake by parquet courts awesome good answers. i love yeah very different worlds but both of them have kind of like like i've seriously listened to feel it all every day since I heard it for the first time. <laughs> That's so awesome when you have a song like that and it just like still makes and, you feel it all. Yeah. You know? <laughs> also too, I will throw in a third. Thank you. Next. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. It is unreal. So good. It's so good. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. How about a favorite place? Paris. Hands down. Oh, so beautiful. Love Paris. Um, and how about a favorite memory? For some reason, the word memory, I don't even know if this is my favorite memory, but anytime someone asks me, I think about the smell of sunscreen and the sound of the beach when I was a kid and would have my like face on a towel and I could just like slightly hear conversations in the distance and the sand was warm. And that's my favorite feeling. (laughs) Oh, yes. Is that kind of like when you're when you are feeling um, sort of anxious or, you know, need to, to think of a place like is that what comes to mind is just sort of that feeling? I think that feeling, and then I grew up, I went to camp every summer, and camp was, like, such a formative experience. Like, it sounds funny, but I would go to camp for, like, two months, like, at this all-girls camp, and it was such a dream. And I think that, like, those little tiny moments before anything was painful, it's, like, yes. that's where my mind kind of goes to be, like, you know what? I can feel like that now. Like, I can be on the beach with my face on the warm sand, or I could be at camp learning archery. <laughs> totally, totally. Like, it's always available one. to us, you know, that, that <laughs> feeling. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that's so great. Well, that, you know, that was all I had. I feel like we got so much in this time. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for asking such good questions, oh dude. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you for giving such thoughtful, real, genuine answers. And um, I knew this was going to be a good one, even though we didn't know each other. <laughs> but I dude, was I'm feeling. really excited to listen back. I'm also excited to be friends in real life. Me too. Me too. I feel like I just, it's like I have that like new friend feeling right now. Like I'm on a high. <laughs> Me too. I feel like, also, I, I want to know everything about you now too. I want to like call. Well, we'll have to hang out sometime and we can go through it all. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be coming to Nashville actually, um, at some point in the coming months. So I will keep you posted on that. You need to tell me because we can go. Do you like dancing? I do. Okay. Because I have this place that's unbelievable and we could go dancing and it'll be so much fun. Okay. I'm in. That sounds great. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for being so nice. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll talk real soon then. (laughs) Thank you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Musings with Monse, artist and their honest stories, is audio produced by the amazing Aaron Mooring, and the beautiful theme music you hear is by Heather Maloney. <laughs>